Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for and or episode 5, The Axe Forgets. My name is Dan and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. Hello, hello. How you doing today, Ed? Pretty decent. Good, good to hear. And Thanksgiving Noma. weekend. Oh yeah, the Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. Noma, how you doing? Thanksgiving, that means it's better, obviously. <laughs> oh. It's earlier. It's earlier, yeah. that's for sure. Everyone knows that the earlier something happens, the better. That's also why we had our, our celebration of Canada Day before America did. There you go. <laughs> well, earlier on the month. <laughs> for all the like American we listeners out there. Yeah, we'll ignore the fact that they were a country before we were. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. All right, uh, Ed, would you like to let listeners know what this podcast is going to be formatted like and what we're going to be covering? Absolutely. Today's episode, like Dan said, is Andor Episode 5, The Axe. The Axe forgets. It's it's, a, it's such a nice quote, but um, you know, it's it's part of Temple Archives, and on Temple Archives we go over Star Wars canon, Star Wars legends, and in any of those formats we always summarize the story for you. So we'll summarize the episode today. Um, we'll tell you a little bit of how it relates to other canon material. So in this case, anything that we know that's coming up, anything that's past. Um, if there's any mentions of legend stuff in it at all, um, have a little bit of an opinionated discussion on it. And as for time, a little line, bit. Come on now, be a little <laughs> bit. Be a little bit. But um, this is still five years before the Battle of Yavin. So, and it, more specifically in the series timeline, this is one day before the rebel raid on the treasury. Let's say. So it's things are really starting to, to pick up a little bit. We're going to see a lot of action next episode, hopefully. So let's go into this one and talk about it. But before we do get into the episode, we're going to let you know how to get in contact with us. Because as I said before, it is an opinionated discussion. Everybody is entitled to their own opinions. Everybody has their own opinions. And if you'd like to share yours with us, we'd be very grateful if you did. Um, Noma's going to tell you just how you can do that. And there's a little bit more to tell you as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, one of the easiest ways to get in contact with us is our website, which is voiceoftheforce.com. Uh, we've also got an email, which is connect at voiceoftheforce.com. Social media-wise, we're on Twitter and Instagram. The handle for both of those is at voiceforcepod. As always, retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with growing listener base and is very much appreciated. And you can listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility, and you can subscribe for free to the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you. Uh, now, like Ed was saying before, we've got some other stuff on top of that, uh, which is, you might have heard, we had a little bit of a uh, kerfuffle with, uh, you know, some copyright stuff with Disney. Uh, so we've shifted over to a new merch store. Hopefully, you know, we'll be okay there. Yeah. Uh, because we were basically just told uh, they weren't going to do anything about it. Did you guys uh, see so, the emails on those? Yeah, yeah. It was so bit. weird. Yeah, it was very, I mean, it's it's very, uh, it was very cold and corporate, which, yeah. you know, whatever. We're like, we don't have anything um, to tell you right now. Bye. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, we'll but uh, yeah, so, well, I, I, yeah. Uh, anyways, so our new merch shop is uh, shop.voiceoftheforce.com. If you're interested in picking anything up, you know, we'd very much appreciate it. Um, but not necessary, you know, uh, with all that being said, let's head into the poster and then the episode synopsis. 
So the poster for this week is, you know, again, they're all very, very loosely tied in because you would assume from this week's poster that the character on the front is uh, has a heavy presence in the show. And while she does, it's it's not as much as the poster would uh, lead you to believe. But like I said, it's not like they're tied together. But anyways, uh, this week's episode poster is it's basically the same setup that we had last week with uh, Stellan Skarsgård as Rail. Um, this week, it's uh, Mon Mothma, and I can't remember her last name, Genevieve... O'Reilly, I think. O'Reilly? Um, I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah, as Mon Mothma. Yeah. Same kind of setup. We basically got the uh, kind of red, ominous background with the black silhouette X-wings with a little bit of, of gray highlights. Uh, another kind of imposing imperial-ish building and a smoke cloud coming up from in front, going out to the back. Uh, and that same kind of like propaganda paper, you know, beat up kind of uh, parchment almost look to it in the background. Again, it's very nice. Color composition, nice popping, all that kind of stuff. Um, not too much to say about it because it, it is very similar to last time. I like the warm hues. I like the ominous red. I like the cold kind of gray uh, imperial building behind her. Uh, it all works well. So... That's really all I've got to say about it. The only other thing, I guess, is uh, last week's um, rail looked kind of very, you know, looked like a kind of photorealistic picture. Um, this one, Mon Mothma, looks like there's a filter over her. It's like the kind of quasi-cartoony. It's because of how stark the contrast is between the highlights of her hair and the shadows, and then a bunch of the facial tones and stuff like that. But it definitely looks a lot more uh, filtery than last week's poster There's definitely a big like thick black stroke line around her as well that's that like yeah yeah it? and and it's a very messy one too so Almost it's definitely borderline, really... borderlands-esque yeah like the, it's just the, the saturation isn't yeah exactly it's just the saturation isn't full borderlands but yeah that's a good point the one thing that i always get from these posters with like the character posters in the, in the smoke is remember those like runs you can go on like the 10k run that's like the color run and they throw like these smoke bombs down and they're all colorful and stuff <laughs> it's like they're always participating in that in these posters it's fantastic I've, I've never seen that before you've but never seen those court. do i look like an active person you don't have <laughs> to be active to know about it it's all over the place <laughs> Ed, you know what i'm talking about right mm. <laughs> i'll send you pictures because <laughs> it's pretty interesting <laughs> which of the voice of the force members touch grass you can find out right now <laughs> Ed, what do you think about the poster it's it's not my favorite but obviously you'd know why like <laughs> she, she has grown on me mm. but in terms of what this poster is all about I like the fire it means things mm. are starting to crumble and burn there's stuff I want to say but I'll leave it so the episode discussion oh yes the fire rises <laughs> All right, Deckard Kane, calm down. Uh, <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> but no, it's... The Rebellion Begins is a nice tag to have on the bottom of it because it shows that each of them are ready for the fire, ready to start the fire, whatever it is. And I think that's a great symbol for Mon Mothma because of just what she does for it. And we start to see... Ex not exactly, but we start to see the seeds of all that being spread throughout what we've seen so far in this series. So this episode mm -hmm. hopefully shows a bit more, but it's, it's nice. Like it, it does its job at this point. You know what I mean? They did start the fire. All right. 
getting into it. going to burn this city and we'll find that. <laughs> it was always burning since the dust starts turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's pretty it, pretty much it for this poster. It's pretty simple. Very similar yeah, to the last yeah. one. Uh, so as we go into it, uh, this episode was directed by Susanna White and was written by Dan Gilroy. Um, yeah, as we go into the episode, as always, this is where the spoiler warning is going to come in. Uh, you know, if you've listened to the last couple episodes, you know the deal. Uh, we're going to do a quick synopsis. We're going to talk about it, but we're going to spoil everything. We're going to assume that you've watched it. If you haven't watched episode five, stop here. Go listen to it and then come back. Definitely recommend watching it as opposed to getting all the info through us. Um, but with that being said, let's get into the synopsis. So again, we've got kind of multiple parallel running stories. So I'll kind of, uh, hit the main one and then we'll kind of spread out and hit them all at the same time. Cause there's no real inter or interlap. Interplay. What, the, yeah, what the hell am I thinking of overlap? There's no real overlap between any of the stories that are happening in this episode. Uh, so the main one is the Aldana rebel cell as it were right now, as it was, is we you know a long time ago, galaxy far, far away past tense. But anyways, um, this episode is is very focused on introducing and fleshing out the members of this team, which is interesting. Um, we get some little bit generic, but in its own way, very interesting. I keep saying interesting. Backstories for the characters. The one that I was very curious about, uh, and kind of, he kind of grew on me as it kept going, is uh, Nemec who's the youngest member of the group. Uh, Cassian even points out at the beginning, he's like, uh, he's talking with Skeen, the older grizzled uh, member of the cell. And he says, what about the young guys, right? Like uh, Nemec and uh, Sinta. And Skeen basically says like, oh yeah, Nemec is, he's young, but he's idealistic. And he 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 fully, he's drunk the, the rebellion Kool-Aid as it were, right? Like he's a hundred percent on like freedom and empire's got to go. And we really kind of see that uh, he's, incredibly idealistic he's also very um independent he's got a navigation a navigational device that is tech free like it's old analog and even says like yeah it's, it's hard to learn it's kind of finicky it can break down but you never have to be reliant on imperial tech um and he's he's writing a manifesto uh you know we get a lot of kind of detail about him he he's borderline conspiracy theorist, right? Like he's he's pointing out these things and saying like, oh, you know, uh, the empire hides its the empire can hide its dealings because if you have forty atrocities, they all kind of blend together. Yeah. People stop paying attention to all the terrible things that it's doing, and you know, like it's it's he does point out something that that has always actually bugged me in the back of my head too, where he goes like the the amount the amount that oppression has increased exponentially in the 20 years since the empire formed is unprecedented. It's like, yeah, it really kind of is. If you think about it, right. 20 years, you go from the Republic to the empire. It's a, it's massive. It's a gigantic leap um, in how free the Republic was compared to the empire. Uh, so he's got good points, ironically, right. He's, he's kind of one of those people who you kind of look at him kind of weird because it's like okay he's starting to spout the the crazy stuff but he's got a lot of good points kind of within his fervor yeah. basically um Sinta, on the other hand uh Skeen basically says oh no like you know she's she's cold she's fearless like she's got the mentality which then also kind of 
tells me the hints that they're laying down for the next couple of episodes, but we'll get into that. Um, on the flip side, we've still got uh, Tamarin and Skeen, who neither of them trust Cassian still. For And they, they do a good job of making the reasons quite relatable, right? No one's really talking with Cassian. He's not really offering any more information. They just kind of, it's mostly that, like, just trust me kind of vibe. And on something like this, it's, it's, again, I'll talk about it later on, but it is, it is a very good way of showing this kind of distrust within uh, their own team. And that kind of escalates more and more. At a certain point later on, uh, Skeen steals Cassian's uh, necklace that he got from Rail and goes on about a thing about Sky Kyber and, a new type of kyber apparently but and uh going going off about and he it there's an interesting little uh facet where we kind of see an information um what would you call it like an information gap i guess yeah differential. Dean says uh he comes in with nothing except for a crystal that's worth 30 grand and we know from rail he said don't sell it for anything less than 50 so there's you know different spheres of, of information skiing maybe is just going off of like black market or you know his own um as opposed to rail as we know now being this antiquitarian or at least as one of his faces uh would um know much more accurately what the price of it is so anyways like i said this flares up tensions and as they're kind of going back and forth um cassian lets some information out that is simultaneously good for him bad for uh vel and kind of bad in a little bit more bad than good in general but it does it, it does do a little bit of good because he basically says i'm here for the money i was paid to be here that's why i'm with you guys if you don't like it then i'll leave but i'm just telling you straight up what it is now and now knowing that that's the motivation for why he's with them and Vel not telling any of them that, like she does say it was either we take them on or the operation ends. Um, but you can tell that they're all the mistrust now in their leader has kind of replaced the mistrust in Cassian, which is good and bad, uh, but it's interesting. And it's what keeps this episode very engrossing and suspenseful. I right? just yeah. figure trying to figure out what's going on with the dynamics and how everything's working. Um, we also get a little more backstory with Gorn, even though he's not with the group. Uh, Vel basically gives the short story, which is he was an Imperial officer here, fell in love with an Aldani woman. He lost a promotion. Then he lost her. Now he's not very uh, pro-Imperial. And it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We saw, uh, assumedly from how it's been portrayed so far, that's n not quite, but very similar to Miggs Mayfeld story, right? Pro-Empire, Imperial Sharpshooter, everyone you know gets killed. You're not so pro-Imperial anymore. It makes sense, right? Um, it's not the most altruistic character motivation, but it is a very real one, I think. So outside of that, we get a couple of other small scenes. They're training with Imperial drills and you know trying to fit into the base. Uh, then they see a TIE fighter patrol coming by, and so they have to hide all their weapons. They manage to. They think the coast is clear. The TIE fighter comes back and clearly is just trying to fuck with the locals. It, it buzzes real close by them and then flies enough that it disrupts the river that they're near. It sends, sends wakes going up, and it flies right past them and keeps going. So, you know, trying to mess with the uh, – trying to scare the locals, basically. Um, we do get some time with Gorn as well. Uh, and I also feel like there's something I'm forgetting, so if I remember that, I'll, I'll come back to it. But we see how he's been fitting in with the Empire and trying to keep his own cover. 
and it's in such a classic way. It's just by being the typical hard ass, hardline, no fun allowed Imperial lieutenant on the base. Uh, they go down to the. He brings them down to the temple, and he gives them. Um, he, uh, what do they call it? Tongue lashing. I'm trying to remember the mil. No, that's a mafia term. Whoops. Uh, and I only remember the British one, bollocking word, but, but chewing out. He he chews out the officers that he's with because they've been using the temple for target practice. Mm. Um, and we can kind of see it's really cool because you get to see how he's setting up the operation for success while not being suspicious, right? Like he's not saying, don't let anybody near the temple anymore. I don't want it to, to be uh, a patrol route. Uh, you know, don't, don't question me, just do it. He basically says like, why are you using it for target practice? I said, we weren't going to be doing this anymore. This is sloppy. This is uh, an insult to Imperial, um, Imperial regulation and like protocol and just properness, get rid of it. By the time I get back here, I better not see it. Otherwise I'm going to rethink the furlough schedules. Um, again, very douchebaggy Imperial fits perfectly. And then later on, uh, they go down to the transport area, which is also the thing I forgot. So I'll mention that in a second. Um, they go down to where the bulk freighter is being kept. And he points out like, why is that part of the railing not painted? We have a Coruscanti inspector coming in. Why the hell isn't this painted? Get people on it for, I want it done by tomorrow night. And again, the deception's done really well. Cause he says, I want it done tomorrow night which is when the eye is happening. Uh, and the officers actually end up speaking up and they say like, uh, we just want to put it out there, sir, that most people who get stationed here, that the only promise of anything fun that they get is the eye, that you might get to see it happen. And if you uh, you know, have us doing this backbreaking work during the one fun time every three years, it's going to crush morale. And so you kind of see Gorn, he turns away and he's, you can see, like you can picture perfectly, right? Because if he wasn't a double agent, he'd be like fuming about like, ah, how dare you countermand my orders? Who who the hell cares about morale? And then he kind of goes like, fine, I want it done by the day after tomorrow then. And you so it, it's coming off as the hard ass who's being a little bit lenient and only letting essential personnel be in that area tomorrow. But then it's perfectly set up so that when Cassian's group comes, or I guess... Uh, Vel's group comes in tomorrow. There's not. There's going to be minimal security because someone other than Gorn was the one who offered that as a solution, right. right? So it's just it's so well set up and subtle, and they don't beat you over the head with it, right? They don't just spell out this is what he's doing because this will make it look like this. It's much more up to the viewer to be able to discern this. It's it's very spy movie, uh, which is what we were hoping for. And spy I, thriller, I was, yeah. Yeah, spy thriller and a born identity kind of thing. And I was digging it immensely because it's you can see that careful groundwork being. It's the subtlety uh, that really works. Yeah, exactly. Show, uh, show don't tell, right? Um, so speaking of that as well, we have the bulk freighter, which is the thing because they call Cassian in at one point earlier in the episode, and uh, they ask him a question about how can you. Uh, it, so they basically are like, okay, so the bulk freighter is attached to this mag rail that's how it gets out so it can take off uh how, how do you know what the cargo weight is and cassian kind of and it's again show don't tell cassian just looks at them and he goes you guys don't know how to fly this thing and they try to defend them no 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 we're we're, we're testing you this is a test uh, and he even said or sorry uh vel at first is just like no that's not what it is answer the question and cassian says like is this a test and 
uh, Tamron's like, just, just answer the question. And then he realizes, oh, you guys don't know. And when he explains it, it makes sense because he basically says there's a part under the there's a part on the control console that will show you what the weight is. It's located in this area. And this is how I know none of you know how to fly this thing because it's basic information. And Tamara encounters with well, why isn't it in the the uh, instruction manuals that assumedly they got from Gorn. And Cassian says it's a custom Imperial job. So kind of just showing the the differences in intelligence. We get a little bit of that too when they're marching. Uh, Cassian points out that when they turn around, Tamarin should be they should be in positions that let them uh, aim their weapons faster. Basically, bring the weapons to ready at a quicker pace. Uh, so it's all very good. it's all good, but there's it's it's just a lot of really good character development while also showing that there is not a lot of it's it's like the opposite of the ghosts right there's not a lot of trust within this cell um not only that i just said not only that but like the the subtlety of showing cassian has that ability to be so observant and be Mm -hmm. like this is how the imperials do it It didn't tell them that but that's why it was yeah, yeah. And not only that, but it was because everyone had different ways that they held rifles, left-handed, right-handed, or in one case, Nemex, who held it left-handed, but it's right-handed. Uh, other way. Or sorry, yeah, the other way. Held right hand, aims left. Yeah. yeah, and so it was like, um, wow, like, subtlety of, like, him just being like, yeah, this is what I've seen. And he, like, names everybody and what they can do. Like, wow, yeah, yeah. That's, that's intense. Yeah, it's showing his strength, right? And we also, we get a little bit of a, I wouldn't even say soft retcon, but, like, a little more development that kind of it it doesn't again it doesn't quite explain i've been in this fight since i was six years old but we do get a bit more backstory on cassian where him and skeeve or skeeve him and skeen were both in uh different from the way it sounds imperial detention centers um because there's a tattoo that skeen has that cassian recognizes and skeen points out that he's the only person that's recognized it so far and so they have a little bit of a talk. We learned that Cassian was put in this detention, his own detention unit or wherever he was uh, detained when he was 13. So we're getting a little bit more of a, a Cassian timeline put together, right? So 13, he's doing, he's in an Imperial detention center. 16, he's on Mimbom as a cook doing the fighting, blah, blah, blah. Um, six, he's watching his friend get killed by the cis so you know picture that's slowly coming together um but that basically wraps up uh cassian's story the last part is that they make it they do the hike they make it to the imperial garrison they signal to gorn that they're in position and they're ready and we're set up we're in a good position to start off the next episode and really focus on this heist that definitely isn't going to go wrong there's a subtle not subtle bit of foreshadowing that they also show uh, a little bit before they start the hike where um, I, I'll talk about it later, but it, I basically, they basically showed it and I was like, Oh, okay. So this is what's going to happen. This is what it's going to look like next episode. Um, so from there, the, I guess we got two very short stories. Well, three very short stories. The first of which is Mon Mothma. We're still going through her side of, of stuff. Uh, like I can't remember who predicted it, but uh, like one of us predicted last episode, definitely wasn't me. Uh, they, start Mon Mothma's story this episode after the dinner, right? It's the next day. She's done the thing. And the basic summary of the story is uh, now we, I didn't, I don't think I've ever known this. I don't even know if EU ever mentioned that or ever brought up the fact that Mon Mothma has a daughter mm-hmm. uh, whose name is Leda, which is, you should, know, you should have gone a little bit harder to try and change the name to not to be Leia with a D. Yeah. Um, 
but sure. I didn't even think about that until until you just said it. Yeah. As, as soon as she said that, I was like, "Is her daughter named Leia too?" And then again, late. Yeah. And again, late. Sorry, Ed is is agreeing with me. Um, again, <laughs> later on, when she says the name again, I was like, "Oh, that's no, that was that was a terrible idea." Um, so the the gist of it is that <laughs> Leia is uh, playing the role of me and Ed in it because she just does, she just hates her mom. And even says at one point, they're basically arguing about, I guess, Mom Mothman was going to do something with her today, go somewhere, take her to school. I don't know what. And she doesn't want to go. She wants to go with her dad. Um, it just shows how and, resentful she is in the dad because, like, she's never home and she's always focusing on work, right? That's yeah, what sure. Do, yeah. Doing doing her own stuff and, and kind of sacrificing the family side, for it. Um, but she, she, she says to her at one point, like, not everything's about you. And I was just like, oh, she's, she's saying my thing. But from before I saw last episode... Uh, and actually started to, to uh, uh, oh my God, what's wrong with my brain today? Relate uh, more with Mon Mothma or feel sympathetic towards her. So we get that kind of a thing. Um, and then we get a very cold conversation between Mon Mothma and Perrin uh, flying somewhere uh, after some, I don't know, dinner party or, or you know, some high, high rise or high level Coruscanti mingling or something like that. Because Perrin mentions, do you see me talking with so-and-so? Uh, again, very cold conversation. There, you can. It, it's literally just one of those like cold arguments where they're trying, they're pretending, they're talking politely, but they're sniping at each other. I think Perrin says like, "Oh, do you see me talking with so and so?" And Mothma's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, did you uh, hear about the foundation? Or why did why didn't I hear about the foundation that you're running now?" And she goes, "Oh, I didn't think you'd be interested. It's a charity." Yeah. And you kind of just see him being like, "Oh, I see," but it, she's not wrong. Right. Yeah. And then, there's a divorce uh, incoming, guys. We know. This. Yeah, it's, it's this is staying together for public image yeah. at this point. Um, so we also at the same time get a, a very short story with Rail, and uh, what was what was his assistant's name? Clatha or something like Kay- that. I think it's Kyla or Kayla. It's something like that. I, um, Who, Lovis or Rail's? Uh, oh, Rail Luthen's assistant. Clea. We, it's Clea. Oh, Clea. Okay. Um, so we get a, a very short scene with uh, the two of them in the back room. Um, it looks like Rail is trying to go through different frequent rebe- rebellion frequencies, I'd assume. Yeah, yeah. Not really getting anything. Clea points out like no one was supposed to say, no one was supposed to say anything today. What are you looking for? And he's and so they basically have a conversation about Rail's nerves, just saying like, look, you can't will this to go better by this time tomorrow. It's going to be over. If you want to do something productive, clean some coins. Um, and so it, it's just a very suspenseful moment, but it's cool. We get to see that Rail is also very freaking out a lot. Yeah, and he has doubts tongue. now. Yeah, and we, he has doubts now about Cassian. Uh, he says that he might he might have acted too quickly and he wanted this. So maybe that's a hint that after... Well, I'll talk about theories later, but who knows? Maybe this is a theory that uh, after this ends, uh, you know... Andor's not going to be going straight to Mon Mothma's rebellion. He might be going partisan after this, depending on how badly it goes. Uh, but it's interesting. And the last story, uh, oh, oh, it hurt to watch because I I did not like how relatable it was. Uh, so we get oh, emotional. Oh, emotional yeah. Damage. I oh, I can say it. emotional damage is full hundred percent. Like <laughs> oh boy, the, mom, the the whole thing. Yeah. It, so so I, the. The just of the just or the just of it. What the hell is wrong with me today? The gist of it. Yeah, there we go. Is 
it is Cyril and he is just fully defeated and he's at home and we get this beautiful just sniping conversation between him and his mother and his mother is just so he gives I him will, like mint fucking Nesquik cereal. I, I am I am very happy that my own mother very uh, chocolate. Yeah. I yeah, <laughs> I am very happy that my own mother uh, decided that being a tiger parent was not a good idea uh, because that is just a hundred percent Cyril's mom in this. She's it's just this this sniping, just belittling conversation where everything she says sounds nice, but it's such a vicious insult. And so, in a nutshell, um, the first conversation is is just his mom being like, "Yeah, so you fucked up." And now I'm going to save you because I'm the only person that can do anything around here. And Cyril's responses are like, yeah, that is something you think of yourself. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, basically being like, yeah, I understand that you're enjoying uh, ripping apart, ripping into me and my in my uh, miserable defenseless state. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to help you because you're so useless and worthless. At the same time, your it's mother's like help. Pouring to... cereal for him as food. Yeah, pouring it's cereal like and barely enough for the bowl. It's kid yeah. food. Yeah. And he goes back. You'll get to fat if you have utensils. Much. Like con- absolutely controlling every facet of his life and saying, "I'm going to go call your uncle and and you know I'm going to call in the family favor." Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, it was, it was, I'll talk about it later on, but it was like, oh, I can feel every oh, iota of this conversation. It was really, I've lived really through well this, it. like, yeah, it's, it's, again, yeah, it's someone in the writing team lived through this. Yeah, they had <laughs> like, to, it is, they had to, it was too, it, it was way too on too point. Real. Yeah, yeah. And so their next conversation is it's it's just so caustic because the next conversation is being like, oh, yeah, I talked to your uncle and I, I got you that position because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the best person in this family. And Sarah's like, yeah, I, I I heard parts of it and I under I could hear how much you were enjoying the conversation. He's like, no, nonsense. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it might sound like I'm struggling to get through this, but I've got a big smile on my face right now because it was just, it was so, it was so realistic and it was so brutal. Just beat him while he was down after he failed so hard. Constantly. And it's such a good way to make him sympathetic all of a sudden because this man is just, like, I I couldn't, I was thinking, I was thinking of of Jerry from like early Jerry from Rick and Morty. Yeah, where, like, this man is just beaten down, and he tried. And Grant, and now you can see why he was so overbearing and pretentious and an asshole, right? Because as soon as he got into a position of power, he just copied everything his mom did, and just put it. And it's very interesting too because you can see from their apartment that we saw last episode, and now the way that they're talking, especially the way his mom's talking, it's again very reminiscent of kind of certain parts of certain cultures uh, where it's like talking like you're upper class while being middle class, right? It's that projection 100% of being so desperate to have power and money and influence and wealth because it's all, it's all you can pretend to have. Uh, And it's, it's just, it's, I I mean, again, every single person in this episode did a phenomenal, like the acting in the last two episodes has been fucking A++. This has been not just a Star Wars show. This has been like a very well put together storyline for a spy thriller in general. Yeah, and yeah. like just setting everybody up. It, it's it's doing an amazing job. 
of bringing in these characters and making us care about them very quickly and making us now have a vested interest in seeing if they make it out of this alive or dead, right? I didn't really care if any of the uh, Rebel Cell members, I guess I should also say that kind of wraps up the episode. That's really all that does happen. Uh, so going into the discussion, yeah, I mean, um, I, I want to keep this short because I, I always want to hit the negative points first. But one thing I was very impressed with, and I don't know about you guys, I didn't care about any of the Rebel Cell members last episode. They were people, right? You with, don't really get to know them, yeah. They're very quick. They were people with very kind of... Superficial. It was just like very quick blase, Like blase kind of stereotypes for what sure. they were. Mimics the young guy. Skeen's the... Uh, Skeen's the kind of sarca sarcastic and dangerous guy. Tamarin's the one, the the gruff guy who wants to be taken seriously. Bell's the up and coming leader. Synth is the healer. Like it's very, it's very simple. And now we're getting more character uh, backstory. The flip side of that, at least to me, is that Nemec got so much of a character boost this episode. He is absolutely going to be the one who fucks up next episode in my mind and gets killed. Probably. Like, yep. It it oh, was. We, yeah. I think he's gonna manifesto, we, we, and I'm gonna yeah. do all this mention, stuff, and he's die for the cause. Yeah, yeah. Really. yeah. You didn't mention with uh, Val at the end of the episode when he told Skeen, like Skeen, go over and talk to Ant, like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, uh, the little Clement. bit of. And he's it, like, I yeah, mean, my brother been... died. That's like where the title yeah. comes from, right? It, it's it's my brother. Yeah, and so my brother yeah, was a farmer or something, right? Yeah. So the the uh, quick synopsis of it is, uh, Skeen's brother owned a farm. Your yeah. prefect took it over, flooded the whole thing, ruined him, and so his brother commits suicide because of the Empire schemes hated him ever since. It was dark, though, man. Like, he's like, yeah, the axe yeah. forgets, but the trees remember. It's like, holy yeah. shit. And, like, he yeah. put stones in his pockets and went out to the water. It's like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, and, and drowned himself, right? And uh, and Nemec also has a good point after the TIE Fighter leaves where he says, uh, they always, they're always watching for attacks from above. They never see it coming from below. Right? Yeah, surprise attacks are better from below and above is what he said or something well, like that. Well, yeah. so, so what, what he basically means, because both statements basically correlate with each other, right? What yeah. he's basically saying is they're looking for attacks from someone po more powerful than them. They never assume that the people that they're trotting on are going to rebel, yeah. right? Which is very in line with the Empire because that Tarkin doctrine of if we make them afraid of us, they won't rebel. Um, yeah. <clears throat> kind of biting you in the butt because that, you know, there's a certain point you get to before breaking. Uh we kind of saw that. I've been seeing that a lot because I'm going through Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood, and that is a very, very uh, major plot point to both of uh, its own storylines. But yeah, it is it is true, right? And it does set up a, in a really good way how the Rebellion ended up forming from dozens of different cells that coalesced into one greater group, right? And that's where Mon Mothma comes in to coalesce everybody together. Like, that's mm -hmm. what it is, right? Her, her effort to bring mm -hmm. everybody together is what's going to bring the rebellion in and get like at this point the empire doesn't expect it right they're yeah, so yeah. far got their heads up their asses that they're like you said they're not expecting anything from below except yeah, for yeah. that one isb officer daedra and yeah we kind of see right like the only people who really start to realize something is happening so far at least that we've been introduced to were price and thought and thrawn yeah they were because the, price thought that there was a coordinated rebel movement that's why she brings thrawn in originally in rebels um so we're getting parts of that, right? And it also it was also interesting because it kind of reminded me of um, like real life history, kind of you know showing they're drawing inspiration from historical events because it's very similar to the fall of the Spartan Empire, um, which I could talk about for ages because it's very interesting, but super uh, super super short terms. 
uh, Sparta ran off an incredibly oppressive caste system where uh, it was majority slaves. So 60% of the Spartan population was slaves. 10% of the Spartan population was actual Spartans. Uh, and it was that same uh, doctrine of fear, right? We're talking about a society that literally had like required amounts of time to beat your slaves for during a given week. Um, and that worked great for just Sparta, but then because them and Athens hate each other, there's all, oh, God, I, I literally could talk about this forever. But again, Sparta, Athens end up going to war. Uh, Athens gets wiped out for multiple reasons, plague and all this other shit. Sparta takes over. Sparta takes over all of Greece, implements the same system. It worked great for Sparta. It worked fucking terribly for the entire country. It fell apart. Uh, because you, how are you supposed to maintain that? Especially when your 10% Spartans are now like 2% Spartans spread out across the country. So there, the downfall of the Spartan Empire is that just slave revolts everywhere all the time, nonstop, as the Roman, the, the proto-Romans are coming in and just curb stomping you into the ground. And you can't get reinforcements from the other cities because they're welcoming the Romans. Because they're going, oh, what, only 30% of us have to be slaves? Oh, and only we get to shoot? Yeah, fuck that. We'll kill our own people. Let's do it. And so, I mean, again, I'm very much simplifying it. There's a, uh, There's dozens of other factors that came into Roman occupation of Greece, but... In a nutshell, right? It's seeing that, yeah, you can have a fear-based system of governance. It doesn't usually work once you try to get it past a couple generations. Because uh, once people are born into just poverty and squalor and there's nothing to lose, why wouldn't you rebel, right? If that's all you've known. So it's interesting, right? Just kind of seeing the inevitability of the Empire and Palpatine's plan and other things. And again... EU kind of has a better reason of why he was doing it. Um, but unless we're going to bring the Yuuzhan Vong in, we can't really do that. So overall right now, it, it's good. And I mean, the Yuuzhan Vong has its own slew of things. But uh, that's just been me rambling for a long time. I will also say, again, uh, my two sticking points, and I think they're I've, at this point they're going to be sticking points throughout the entire season, is been in this fight since I was six years old. I appreciate that we're getting more information on it. But still, that was a... That was a lie so far. Um, and the fact that you could have done the first three episodes in two, it just, it feels like, especially because of how fast now we're seeing them kind of build up characters. Uh, like again, Nemec, granted, he basically did his, I can't wait to retire at the end of this year and I'm going to get a boat with my wife and we're going to sail the world. Like he's given that speech yeah. at this episode. Uh so I'm expecting him to die fucking horribly next, or at least just die abruptly next episode. But when you get that kind of character development, it's like, okay, why didn't we get this for a guy? I don't care about no, not even, not even Bix. Bix has a decent amount of character development. Her, her boyfriend who dies, Tim, uh, Tim. Yeah. Why don't we get this for Tim? All right. Kind of a little bit of a thing, you know, on showing why he's so paranoid. A couple we, other things. We did but... see like him just like, reading between the lines and like honestly anybody but, in that situation with that information that he has would make that same mistake right sure but my, my yeah. main my main thing with it is if you had made him more sympathetic or at least have a, had us um relate more to him get to see a little bit more have him explain somehow or show a little bit why he you know why he's doing this thing to turn in cassian i would have felt a bit of something when he died because yeah, right I, now when he died, it was just like, oh no, I felt I felt as I don't think you're supposed to feel a lot for him. That's the problem. Like, they but didn't you want could've, you to. right? I but I think it could that could have strengthened episode three because again, at the end of the, the episode, I didn't really care about anybody who died yeah. in that episode because I felt as as 
bad for him as I did for the Gamorrean guards in Book of Boba Fett, where I was oh, like, oh yeah, no, yeah. not those two. One and two. Like, oh no, the guy. All right. Like, if you're going to do a character death, even if you're not, even if it's a minor one, you know, having us care about them is important, right? Now that they're showing they can do that. So, yeah. But honestly, those were the only problems I had with the episode. And I also feel like I've been talking for way too long. So how about you guys? Ed, what do you think? Overall, enjoyed episode. I was hoping for more action. Like, I thought this would be the episode where the raid happens. But Mm. I get Sorry. I thought it would be the episode where more action happens, but they want to show, you know, everybody's nervous. They want to show all these other mixed emotions on it and what have you. Sure. Like the Mon Mothma bit with her daughter and the father, that set me fucking laughing. I did feel <laughs> bad for Mon Mothma because all yeah. of us see it. The kid there was just like, oh, is this how I sound all the time? Oh. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, you know yeah. that's what I thought too. But I, at the same time, I enjoyed it. I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like, no, we have this thing we have to do. Fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing. Like that's you, she pays a price. That's basically what, what it was. And like the price yeah, no. of her for the rebellion is her family. And mm. the sad thing is that, like, I'm hoping a to see this husband either get just off by the empire or some dumb stuff happens to him and he finishes himself off in a, the stupidest way. But the daughter, I hope she can really come around and see exactly what her mom is doing. I hope so, too. Because mm-hmm. she's like, what, 13, 14, maybe? Yeah, maybe 14. And it's so overbearing to have a parent be like, we have a schedule today. And I was like, yeah, but I kind of yeah. felt like just doing nothing today. Yeah. No, you have to drag you along and you're going to be a side piece and you yeah. will not say anything to anybody except these three words and all this. And these people have been waiting to see you for so long. It's like, I don't know any of them. Oh, yeah. no, but that doesn't matter. And your feelings don't matter. It's like a Leia situation it's, with your mom i was no, about to say because yeah. leia is though well leia's a princess is different yeah but a senator's no, daughter has on coruscant's pretty pretty up there i hate that that's the part of star wars that i hate yeah where you make these senators seem like they're fucking royalty where they're I mean, literally they yes they they represent yeah. and voice planets and everything but if yeah, you're fine yeah. as a king what the fuck you need a senator for oh yeah, we have to do diplomacy and all that stuff it's like okay it's very much like how I've always seen the Senate is it's it's very much like the on free tall thing, right? Where it's like, yes, you're not royalty, but you're a politician, so yeah. you're basically royalty. That's, that's yeah, the right? new royalty. Quote, quote, quote. Polit- politicians yeah. are basically the new royalty. And like that just irks me. So from seeing the her daughter, who's just like, I just want to be a fucking normal person and have my Saturday mm-hmm. and watch cartoons and eat cereal and talk to dad about nothing. It's like, can we not just do that? No, we gotta do this. I think she just wanted to go with her dad. Like she was gonna go do what she was gonna do with her mother, but she's gonna go do no, it with her dad. Dude. I think that's what it was. The way I took it was she was wanted to go with him to spite yeah. her. It was well, nothing that's, to do that's with That's what I mean. Though. Like they were still gonna go do the thing, so she was gonna go do it without mom, but with dad because dad's not gonna make her do all this stupid shit. No, no? with dad to punish mom. Well, I know I, that mm. that was in, in there yeah. as well for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like that. It she. She'd rather not go to the things at all, from what I understood. But yeah. because it be, was her yeah. mom trying to force her, she's yeah. like, "Fuck you, moon dad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know you and him I'll, aren't seeing eye to eye right now. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything the entire time. Yeah. So it's it's because he was smiling the, and laughing because yeah. he was just enjoying yeah. it, reveling in it. Yeah, she it, says it, that. She says you that, must be enjoying this. That's the same thing I got. Was just her her daughter being like, "What small, tiny measure of control can I wrest from you exactly. and make you know that I am getting this because I." I am demanding some sort of respect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, my and if I have tries to fight you down. to do that, 
even better. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe it'll teach you something, right? Yeah, and she put her foot down um, and then it didn't work. Yeah. Because she's like, no, I'm not now. doing this. It's just like, yeah, yeah, and she no, explains it. She's like, this is just a, a political maneuver for you. Yeah. Yeah. And she couldn't ha- she didn't have a comeback because it was. And then she said, that's yes. hurtful. And she's like, it's not all about you, mom. And it's like, well, there it is. There it that's is. hurtful. You've been fucking me around the whole time. There it's it been is. hurtful to me, but you haven't mentioned that once. And that's yeah. the, the one time it's hurtful to you, you want to start talking about it? Fuck off. Yeah. That's like, the thing. It's, it's, throughout that whole scene, I was just like, yeah. And, and it that felt like childhood. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, like, oh, yeah, Noma said, like Noma said. Like Noma said. The two scenes yeah. in this episode was With that. Kids, yeah. And then and then the Cyril one. Where I did feel uncomfortable because I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, like this is this is beyond and then to see him sitting in his room after that's what he's gonna bring up, yeah. Crying. Yeah, and he's he got keeps the, reminiscing the toy figures about on the shelf stuff, right? so she didn't move him away or anything like that. Yeah. She left it as a kid. And kid's it's just room. like this is where you grew up, this all that you had yeah. this image, and then it came crashing down. It's like I didn't think you were fired. I thought you just had to fill out some people and go back to work. It's like, nah, they they booted you, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, what's um, are, are your uncle's gonna have some things for you? you well, I'm guessing it's like probably some small two bit criminal or something like that <laughs> that he's like been so desperate to get away from that he went into like policing forces. Yeah, yeah. And now he's found himself back into their hands. They're gonna tease the absolute shit out of him and just constantly give him shit. And we get like, a little bit of a, a setup for what might end up happening, right? Because we were we were trying to guess how Cyril this gets is definitely back into him interacting. getting in, yeah. Because um, I also forgot to mention, I completely forgot there was an Imperial plot line because it's very short. Um, so we get two different parts of it where we see Blevin on oh god, I can't, I can't Mel- even remember. Melvin or something. Friend, 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 what's it called? Friendic, friend. Let me look it up. Ferrix, Ferrix. It's not Ferrix. Um, he said, is, "Is it Mel Melvin system or something like that?" No, the the planet he's on is the one that. It's, it's oh, where yeah, they yeah. just yeah. 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 Um, he's on that planet. He's setting up some stuff. We get a real quick, uh, setup where basically a captain comes in in and uh, no. Blevins. The they they basically just talk about setting up a hotel as an Imperial HQ. I guess they're going to control the planet through there. Um, and then a little bit of funny dialogue. The, the captain goes, uh, can I be called prefect? I, I know it doesn't come with anything special, but I want to be special. And Blevin just goes, I don't care what you call yourself, as long as you get the job done. And Before I get my reportedly meeting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love, I love how little Blevin can, like, how, you can just see how angry he gets when it's, it's the imperial politicking and maneuvering. He's like, I don't, yeah okay inflate your ego call yourself prefect i don't care <laughs> get me results god damn it um so we also kind of see at the same time that uh deidre is still going through her own investigation um this is going to be such a minor thing but it is still a, a minor gripe i have with the series i just wish it was alessia beck like just, so far there's been no reason why this couldn't have been back exactly and, i'm glad we're not the thing I think about the series that is very interesting is a lot of the characters that we're getting introduced to are new, are brand new, so they can do whatever they want with them, right? Like, which there's is, no like the end of the yeah. storyline is this is how she is. She has to be with Han Solo, like she has to be doing this Han Solo thing. Yeah. Like that's it's... the nice thing is like there's no box that they're confined in. They're introducing new things, and it's not the the small box that you know most the, Star Wars so... content is put into. Right? Not everything's yeah, so, connected. So the problem that I have with it is just it's it's the same thing when it was like it's the same problem I had when Marvel. Uh, 
which granted, it turned out to be a good decision, so I was a little bit wrong. But it was the same annoyance that I had when Marvel was like, oh, so Marvel Comics, I should also specify. When Marvel Comics was like, oh, we're going to break the mold, and now Thor's female. And I was like, cool, fuck Sif and Valkyrie, I guess. You know, we already had female as guardians that just are ignored because you don't put enough effort into them. But I guess they can go fuck themselves because Thor's more of a uh, big brand name, right? It's it's, and then granted, the Thor thing came out, and Jane had a. I really enjoyed the backstory, and it was a good issue, but it was still a thing in the back of my head where it was like, we got two, and I'm also biased because I really like Valkyrie. And they did fucking nothing with her after the initiative, um, but anyways, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you, but you've got a character that doesn't have a lot of lore opportunities, and a lot of end would be very cool if people could see more of, could have a great story for how she rose to power here. And, you know, Deidre's fine. It's just the fact that they literally look so similar. Mm-hmm. It's like it wouldn't have been a big effort to just swap the name over. I mean, who knows? Maybe something else will happen and uh, the story will go off. change your name. I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, she, is, right, right. she is ISB and ISB, she is higher up, so. right? So yeah, like, yeah. she might so, be eventually a character that maybe Deidre meets and looks up to. It could be like a mentor figure. I'd hate that. I would hate it. Just like you have two of the same. It'd be like um, having the same actor just play two different roles, right? Yeah. I mean, that could be done well, but yeah, I I agree. It probably wouldn't be the best. It'd be be admitting that they made a mistake at that point. Um, But the other reason that it really bugged me is because in the scene that we see her in, we get just the bat over the head of like, hey, do you know we know Star Wars locations? We... Oh, and granted, I mean, you know, it's fine. It was a small mention. It wasn't it, like a sticking point, right? No, but it, it, it like it's and I'm biased because they start off with Hosnian Prime. And I'm like, fuck off. Right. Just get I shut up. The other stuff was great. was fine. Right. We get Fondor and I think Kessel. Yep. And I yeah, and I think so, uh, and then there's one more. Another, I think. There was one that was like letter, number, number, number. Uh, and then there was another one I didn't recognize immediately because <clears throat> I was still focusing on Fondor. For those who don't know, Fondor Shipyards, uh, second largest shipyards outside of the Quat uh, engineering drive uh, driveyards. Yeah. Um, and Fondor was much more uh, focused on building just our destroyers, like just putting out giant ships, uh, whereas Quat was everything. Um, so that was cool. We get a little bit of a mention. And the main thing is that Deidre and uh, Heert are going over the case. And uh, again, we're getting good character development, right? Of uh, Deidre basically being like, I think I'm just going insane. I think I'm just grasping at straws. And Heert is the uh, Eli. He's the Eli Vanto yeah. of this, this so. little thing, right? Because he's going like, no, you, you're good. You know there's something here. Just because everyone else is too stupid to see it or doesn't give a shit doesn't mean you're wrong and she even says like you should just go i didn't realize how late it is like no i'm sticking with i i know there's something here so again we're we're very quickly sorry the the one he quoted like it's too random to be random Random, yeah 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 yeah. and she even says like if this is how i do it if i was on the opposite side i would make sure that i never climb the same ladder twice i'm always hitting different places and it's like yeah, yeah i mean their logic checks out right um but again it's it's a very quick way to make Deidre more sympathetic, right? She has underlings who look up to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has, a, and she has a reason for wanting to do this. Like, she wants yeah. to do well, and she wants to move up. The only thing when she said that was just like, okay, it's cool. So how do you spin that into sounding logical where they can't say, oh, you're just trusting your feelings? Exactly, right? But now they're looking and for so that me- evidence. 
And so what I think is that that search is going to lead them to zero. And then maybe it's going to turn out it. It would feel a little bit weird if it was the case, but I feel like this is what they're setting up is that Andor is the one who stole from all those different locations. I don't know if it, maybe, it could be. Maybe a few. Gonna be. I don't, he'll he'll I be think... involved in a few because Ciro um, still has the hollow chip thing that shows, that shows Andor's face. Yeah, right? yeah. And so. and so I think that's what's going to end up bringing them together is that they're going to do the uh, the heist next episode. And they're going to realize that's a thing. It's going to be on camera. It's going to go so fucking bad. But yeah, uh, and I'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, exactly. He's going to get caught on security or whatever or someone recognizes him whatever and that's going to draw Ciro and Deidre to that spot and they're going to learn about this and then we're going to learn that Cassian stole a bunch of the other things maybe not all like you guys said but um, I could see it being all but I can see them one, being tied you know, to Luthen like for sure one of those two right but yeah. like if they end up have... in a museum yeah yeah <laughs> true <laughs> right but because because we have no idea the background of uh, of Andor stealing the star path unit right yeah um, so that's where I kind of see it all coming together. This is how he would make money to do blah, 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 X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Uh, cause they've also mentioned he took up the, that shuttle multiple times before, and that's going to lead them to then join forces to hunt down Cassian. Uh, because we get another, uh, symbol of foreshadowing, or at least it seemed really, really, really like that to me, which is right before Cassian and the rebel cell leaves the base, uh, they set fire to the model. Yeah. And they just happened to just focus on the base and a couple of other parts. And only those sections that are on fire, and it's like, well, that's probably what's going to happen next probably. episode. By the time they're done, I didn't whole... read into I didn't it think that, that either. Oh, yeah. I thought they were just like grazing the ground. So if anybody came to, yeah. well, that's what they're doing. Yeah, but the, the, you're right. The imagery there is pretty spot it, on. It's the fact that they held onto those shots, so and maybe long. it's maybe I'm just way too much of a Breaking Bad fan. But it's one of those things where in my head, where I'm like, well, you're showing me this for a reason. This isn't just to be cool and pretty. Is, this means something. I mean, who knows? I might be wrong, but in All my right, head, they put it. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, given the, the state, well, the, that was from Better Call Saul, but yeah, still that 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 mind reading, right? Uh, <laughs> of Tuco. But uh, yeah, that's what, just what I thought, right? Because the parts that they showed, it was like, well, they're on fire, they're in flames, everything's fucking chaos. So. What that tells me is next episode, something's going to go horribly wrong. Fucking, it's going to go scorched earth, just straight up, like, just, it's going to be awful. Uh, they're going to get out by the skin of their teeth. I think we, we'd hypothesized last time that they either, uh, they get so delayed that they either have to fly into the eye or at least fly partway through it. Uh, so we'll see, but it's interesting. It's shaping up to be a very f cool mid-season episode. Um, yeah, something else, something yeah. else I saw... Um, when um, the lieutenant's telling everybody there's going to be a small detail in the in the shipping or whatever, mm -hmm. and you see they show us a shot of the credits and what they're like in the treasury, and you see yeah, they're, like, yeah, they're yeah. like wrapped right, but we like get those same kind yeah. of those kind of gold bars almost mm -hmm. kind of look to it. I'm just like, how the hell are you guys going to load this stuff? I, yeah, like, yeah, there's no power tool that you have or anything like that. We've, you yeah, we've seen to at least, all yeah. this by hand because yeah. it's the they, it's the money for an entire sector. That's a lot of money. If, if they, they can't, can't load like, it, the whole point is done. Yeah. If they, they can't hide like a liquor droid or something, it's going to be awful. Or like yeah. a like a one of those like grav lifts that you can just put it on and it's like yeah, grav lift or something. Yeah. They've shown Buddy who knows how to use a bunch of old tech. 
Mm. But like this will be all Imperial stuff in there. He's already mentioned the fact that like you guys don't have Imperial knowledge on little things for the ship. Mm. What about for small tools and things like the grav lifter and all that stuff? Like, yeah. can you do you know anything about this? Do you know how fast it takes to load this thing? You said you have to be in and out within a certain amount of time. There is mm. no way. <laughs> No way. Like, we'll have to fly to the storm. We have to do it. Yeah. No, we can't. We'll go. We have to. The the way that they've set up how smart all these characters are, I would hope that Gorn has something planned for that. Right? I hope so. Like something uh, already preloaded, ready to go. Yeah. Or they're yeah. already on a crate or something like that. You just have to load it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's got some sort of workaround. And we also, I forgot to mention, it's a very, very short scene. Um, but we do get to see a little bit more of the sympathetic side of Gorn because at one point he goes up uh, to the top of the base um, and there's a comms officer or something like that. Um, and they have a little bit of a conversation. But the the important point is that the the comms officer is very dismissive to locals or he's like, oh, God, uh, I know that there's like dozens of them down there already, but I can smell them from here. And Gorn's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, could you imagine what it would be like if there were thousands of those animals here? And Gorn's like, yes. yep. <laughs> yeah he's like yeah and yeah, then I just can. snapped back into that like you better be on station tomorrow i'm doing or tomorrow night i'm doing rounds which again if he is a comms officer then that to me is like i'm doing rounds and he's just gonna walk into the room and plant Shoot a bullet in his back yeah. yeah be like well they can't call for anybody now let's close the door lock it and then like just... join those bunch of locals who are dead now huh yeah yeah exactly just smell and, the rest. i think it's gonna be a very dark episode next episode like it, there's gonna be oh, a I lot of death there's going to be a lot of underhanded seediness and yeah. like, it's going to be like you said, skin of their teeth. And it's, it's going to be, we're going to be conflicted in terms of like the way things are done. I think but it's, it's going to go right up until Skeen pulls a Boromir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want that. No, no, no. We're not yeah. moving yeah. until you part. give me that Kyber. Yeah. We had to, we had to go to give too. me the Kyber. Boom. And, shot. and I was going to say, I am also expecting a betrayal because one thing that I don't think they are going to tell us outright, but I think they are hinting at is that uh, Cassian in his life, never works with a cell of people that he fully trusts. Right? Yeah. I think Rogue One is the only time he ever works with a squad of people he like he, that he trusts implicitly. And even not even on, on Scarif. It took yeah. the whole time for him exactly. to Exactly. It's only at the last mission where he finally trusts everybody. Um, and I think this is going to be showing us why that is, right? So I think something terrible is going to happen. There's infighting in the group. The well, young even... kid's gonna die. Skeen's gonna go off the rails, and then Cassian's gonna be like, "Fuck! I was right. I shouldn't trust any of you." Maybe he's the only one who gets out, right? Maybe he fucking abandons the rest of them after Skeen. Uh, would be fucking sure. hilarious because he just goes to Luton and be like, "I want my pay." Yeah, everybody does yeah. the job. Or maybe it's like him and Val, right? Because he also knows like, oh, Luton cares about her, her and nobody else. I think Val's, gonna, Val's have gonna hate a, him afterwards. And um, a head-to-head against uh, Skeen. I think that's what's gonna happen. I think Skeen's. He gonna, might shoot her. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Who knows? Because I feel like you're right. Like the distrust has been sown between Val and them because she keeps so much from them and mm. drops so much last second that they're like, "What the fuck? Like, why is this? Why is this happening? And why are you keeping this from us? And like, we're part of the team together." And she's like, "Yeah, it was that or I cut it sh- short?" And he's like, "I think it was um, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's like, I yeah, maybe." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, like you should have told us that it was going to be cut." Like if if that's if that's what it comes to, we should all be in on that. Like we should all yeah. know the status. Yeah, this is of... I'm telling you now. Yeah, it's it, it, it's the classic. And I was gonna say we also see Val being set up like this this episode. It's the classic, um, 
green egotistical or not egotistical but um green and prideful leader yeah well yeah she's still learning to be the leader because she's like yeah yeah yeah, but she's stumbling from point to point she's doing for every right move there's two wrong ones Mm um as opposed to like your leia padme uh hell even han uh and lando yeah where it's it's the much more camaraderie and we're all in this together and you know we need to trust and each relying other. on each other because she's relying on no none of them yeah like yeah. she she's and, just bringing stuff up and being like yep this is what we're doing i don't give a shit what yeah. you say that's it yeah it's it's more in line with uh current right now saw right she's Carrera, trying yeah. to be military with civilians and it's yeah not going the other thing. yeah you need to you need to understand how morale works and again right that's why gorn's thing is such a great setup because we're getting hard-ass imperial no no i don't care if tomorrow's uh, an amazing stellar event i expect the ship to run perfectly and then waiting for the officers to be like uh sir that's bullshit please yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. give us a vacation day for that one day a year please literally because because the officer is the one who literally is like if we're not if we're running more than just essentials morale is going to crumble and yeah. that gives Gorn the excuse to be like all right fine Let he didn't he didn't have to say it outright and he doesn't he say it out loud to. right he yeah. doesn't say run a skeleton crew tomorrow he just says fine get it done by the day after tomorrow yeah which is the leeway they need and covers him perfectly yeah so we'll see it'll actually be a shame if he dies at the end of this episode, because otherwise he's set up perfectly to keep being a, a sleeper love to see it. maybe right? like a like a futuristic like in the future fulcrum ish type character it would be interesting yeah, who knows, yeah. right? For for some other rebel cell, but yeah, because they they've said like there's I I'm known as Fulcrum, but I'm not the Fulcrum. There's many of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that points? would be also really cool. Any other points, Ed? Going over the episode, you hear him. Uh, you hear I think Cinta or whatever her name is talking to Cassian, and he's trying to figure out dialect and speech and oh, all yeah. that. Mm, but I'm yeah, just yeah. like, if you're going in there in Imperial uniform to try and be Imperial, what is the point? Uh, it's before they get there. Like, they're not in Imperial uniform yet. They got to go to that, like, I think they're going to be going to, like, the ritual site or whatever it is first. Yeah, go- they said they're going up from the temple. Yeah, so, okay. so they have to dress up and act and talk like the locals, and then they can get in and get the uniforms and, and go. Well, that's... It's a weird plan if they're going to blend in with the locals to get to the temple and then swap to imperial uniforms and go, but eh, we'll see. Um, yeah, the, uh, sorry, I'm just going to steal yeah. it again for a second. The other thing I did want to touch on again very, very briefly, because I don't have anything to really add aside from it was done very accurately. Like we kind of talked about the talk with Cyril and his mom. Like, oh boy. Yeah, like I said, someone, some, the person who wrote that lived it, or at least... Got to see something similar that, that I did because, uh, like I said, thankfully, I've never had conversations that were fully like that in my life. Yeah. Um, but I have sat at dinner tables with friends and their family and heard these conversations play out and been like, I just want to sink into the ground. I'm not even leave. the target. Yeah. And I want to sink into the ground and disappear. Oh, man. Because it's just like <sighs> speaking that kindly with that much venom yeah is it's it's, it's so a skill, uncomfortable but it's not a it's, good one it's yeah. being a skill or anything like this it's like to what, what reason do you have for breaking yeah. somebody like that because yeah, you're broken to what as well. end? that's what it is that's it's, what well, it is. Ego it's pass- well it's it's also passing on that like brokenness it's like that's how you were raised and you're gonna pass it on to the people that you know that's why but that's why you pass that on 
because you desperately need an ego boost. So if you can prove that you're doing it, at least this is my armchair psychology, yeah. right? Mm. If you can prove that you can do that, even if, um, you know, you resented the way your own parents treated you, then but like what happens. And uh, what got me, especially since the hate wasn't outright for him, because he's just like, there was always a spare room. You had an open invitation. Yeah, you could yeah. have literally shown up whenever you wanted. It's just, yeah. Oh, but you didn't invite me, so I didn't show up. It's just like, like you know, an open invitation and like, no invitation at all. Is. And I'm like, that's yeah, and it's just like that is bullshit. It yeah. it is an open invitation. Hey, just you need help, show up at my door, and you yeah. know I'll help you. You want somewhere to stay, stay somewhere? You want to see me? You show up. I'll stop everything else, and I will be there with yeah. you. Yeah. Whatever it is. Oh, no, but you didn't invite me. It's just like, what the fuck else yeah, more do I have to say? Like, come see me on Friday, specifically? Yeah, and and it, it just it just reeked to me of just the quickest way to cover up for the fact that she did yes, wrong. Yeah, she, she did she, fuck up. Yeah. Well, yeah. she didn't, but she didn't take no advantage of it, to, to it. She didn't... Or, or didn't care. Yeah, she yeah. didn't close that gap between them as much as he didn't. And she doesn't want to come off as, oh, I, you're right, I didn't. Yeah. No, and it's not my fault. Back. It's your well, fault. It's that, yeah, exactly. It's not my fault. It's your fault for not inviting it's me. Called right? It's called projecting. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's just, it, oh, it was done so well. Again, everybody's acting, right? I can, it, it is shocking to me how kind of good and cohesive everyone's performance is. Because usually there's a couple weak links. But I feel like everybody's bringing everybody up at this point. Like, mm -hmm. it, would be, it would be too clear to see if somebody was doing a bad job now just because of how good everybody I think has it's also been. part of the directing, mm -hmm. though, because the directing is asking, like, is, is, is guiding that actor to do and oh, yeah. to act in the way that they're looking for. Like, you see, you see, you know, Hayden Christensen and what he was going through in the prequels and then what he's able to do in other movies and things. And you're like, whoa, there's a huge difference in terms of some of the things that he's been directed to do. And, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm pretty sure you guys would agree with this, but like Kyle Soler, the guy who plays Cyril Karn, he is his forte is the the lack of verbal, like all of the body language oh, yeah. and all of the his, the facial his, expressions. His face, his face keep keeping one base emotion, but showing so the much. range of like 15 is crazy. Like and sitting in his room um, and looking out at the sun, peeking behind, like peeking from behind the, the yeah, building's yeah. Coruscant. And just like tears welling in his eyes, and he's like, "Man, this is like not yeah how, how lost and broken." I'm still not 100 percent sure if he's on Coruscant or Marlana, but yeah, we'll see yeah. if it goes on. Um, but yeah, also off your point with with uh, Hayden Christensen, I think, and I mean no offense by this, but I think a better example of that yeah, is uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, right? like look at his acting range. Look at the the everyone knows how iconic his performances are, and then he you take that amazing acting range and you make him play a monotone jedi and it's like that's not oh yeah the jedi is supposed to be emotionless and blah blah, blah. yeah but look at obi-wan like yeah i think mace, I think mace has a point yeah. though to his type of character like his his jedi character is very unique Strict, on the council and very like he's the he's the jedi battle master at this yeah, point I, yeah, yeah. Say, in episode three that's his character. Oh yeah, no, that's what I mean. They're like, what, one became, and two, like what his character was. Yeah. In episode one and two, he's a cardboard cutout. Yeah. He's I mean, at the end of episode one, the they even episode. replaced him with another actor at the very, very end. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Unfortunately, and in episode two, it's just like it's over, Dooku. Stand down. All right. Next movie. Yeah. And purple lightsaber. I mean, but that, but again, that wasn't George's idea. That was no, it was Sam's. Yeah, Sam's he's like, yeah, can I have like, a purple lightsaber? I like, need to do something. We don't, we don't have those. I want to stand out in that field. Yeah. 
He's like, we don't have those. He's like, well, we'll make one. So, and thank the force for that because that idea then evolving into the, the story that became and Marjay's lightsaber and everything else. Oh, it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite ideas. Treading the light and dark, so good, and it all stemmed off of Sam Jackson wanting to stand out. But anyways, my my point's gotten a little bit off the mark, but yeah, it's just yeah, the acting, directing, everything. It's yeah. just that idea yeah. just brought about a whole book because it was the hurricane crystal and everything. Being, yeah, yeah, the windswept plane and that they only get it from there and could only find it there, and they don't just give it away. It's a big honor and all that. Yeah, stuff. I got it when he was a Padawan <laughs> yeah. and all. And just to just show how fucking badass he was, and it was just like. Shatterpoint, all that. Oh my god! Right. Although I do, it. it We're gonna quickly go on this tangent because you gotta get moving on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it is one of my my favorite. Um, you know, she is one of my favorite characters in the EU, but it always did irk me. Where it was like, yeah, you got Shatterpoint. You got this whole book about how Mace got his purple crystal. How about Mara Jade? I found it. Okay, sick. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. That's funny. It's just yeah, and then uh, but yeah, who knows? I mean, I still love Shatterpoint. Uh, Deepa Balapa has gotten like seven different origin stories at this. Oh point. my god! I gotten, <laughs> her and she, she's like reverse shock T, where it's just like they're just racing each other to see who can have more different o- origins or endings. Yeah, just like shock T's uh, been yeah. murdered in so many different. Media, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back to Andor. Mm. Uh, last few things I think that are going to be interesting for this is uh, to see where Mon Mothma and Luthen come back into the story for Andor. Specifically, like how they're going to meet up, how it's going to work in terms of Andor's next step, and what Luthen's going to play in that. Mm-hmm. Who's left from this team? Um, there's so much in this episode that really sets up the next one. And I think the one thing that you said at the beginning was like you didn't really like how slow the first two episodes were, and yeah. you know, going into the third episode being what it was. We can definitely see a, a pattern in terms of the episode styles. Slow, slow, we're doing fast, the small slow, arcs. Fast. Yeah, we're doing the build up two episodes, the final episode. Now we're in the next little arc, two episodes build up, done mm. really well, and then we get um, the the next episode, which is going to be the the massive explosion and everything hitting the fan. I think yeah. the difference that I would say between these, just thinking about it, is the difference in world that these characters live in, right? The world that Bix lives in versus the world that Val lives in, very different. So the, the mm. building of the characters comes more intensely, and there's more on the line. Whereas with Bix, it's just everyday life. Everything mm-hmm. is fine. Everything is working the way it needs to be, you know, and there's no not really issues. It's it's more of like a homestead lifestyle versus a yeah. rebel insurgent lifestyle. And like I think that's where the intrigue comes in for us. And that's why it's a lot and, easier to get through and how to make all these characters more relatable because there's more on the line. Well, and, and also now we're gonna see stuff change, right? Because I the I think the only reason that Blevin showed up in this episode was so that we can now see from this point onwards uh Ferrix. Yep. I still yeah. can't remember that. But it's gonna get worse and worse, right? Oh setting it's up just like Hotel Imperial Command Center. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna get worse, blah blah blah. So the last mission's probably gonna be Cassian coming back to uh, liberate this, which to me then tells me we've got three episodes now. So six will be uh the end of this and then i my assumption for hypothesis is we're going to get the setup for the next arc which is going to be uh him joining the partisans uh and it's seven eight nine will be him either joining the partisans or working alongside them with saw so he sees this side of uh rebel operations instead Mm -hmm. uh and being like oh god it's even worse than uh on aldana Mm -hmm. and then the last is going to be with 
another rebel cell, but at this point, Cassian's so, uh, so just burnt out from all from the rebel life and just being like, holy shit, I can't trust anybody that he's going to do it, but he's just going to have that cold, calculating, uncaring demeanor. No, no hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. So the episodes to watch for this series, three, six, <laughs> nine, and 12. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I think, but I think the, the episodes leading up to it definitely add more to they add a lot. The, this next episode. Yeah. If you just watched the, the sixth episode and didn't watch four and five, I feel like you're going to be missing out on a lot of things yes. you're going to feel in episode six, right? However, I'd argue you don't need to watch episode one and two. I mean, to know the nah, characters, you, who they are. You, yeah. you need to you need the spark notes of one and exactly. two. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. there's, there's the, little uh, things yeah. that will add to it. And honestly, you, you know, if you watch the episode recaps for one and two, you can just immediately jump yeah. into the, three. The thing this is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm past those and moving on from it. And like the other thing mm. too that I've kind of just you know put in the past is like the i've been in this fight since i was six i'm like honestly i don't even give a fuck about that line as much i'm just really into like what's happening right now and i want to see it's, where this goes because it's, it's gonna get really fucking good yeah. that's yeah. that's the only thing it's such a small piece though it. like it's not I, but that's the thing it's like why it be say an exaggeration all, exaggeration right he's been doing it since he was a kid well, I'd love for them to but explain the exaggeration. Yeah, no, I get yeah, that. Exactly. I mean, he, do, he, does it, like, he, he does it with Luthen, right? He does it with Luthen in that episode where he's like, I was on Mimban. I was on the front lines. He's like, no, you were in the kitchen. He has... But that's the explanation. That's yeah. what's missing from this part, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. yeah, I understand it is very anal-retentive to be focusing on that one issue, but... It's a small issue in terms same, of the whole series. Same, right, same writers, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So we should know this. And it's like... Yes, I understand that it is one thing that I'm clinging to, but in a in a series with executives that I don't trust, any misstep is something that I start to latch onto because sure. then I have to start being concerned. You know where your explanation might come into effect. I'm thinking mm. about it now. They capture him on security feed. They mm. bring up the data things together. It's like, oh, found this at six, and then this, and then this, and then this, and that might mean like the whole like, oh yeah, he's been doing stuff since he was six years old. Yeah, and like that there, you know, you get it from like the data files of what he was doing. Yeah. So when he now we know when he says it, it's just like he means all the stuff he was doing with Marva and, and Clem, yeah, Clem and, and all that stuff. Yeah, and that it was actually something you you gave me that that thought as you were talking about it. Sorry. Um, yeah, is we still have time. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. All all I need is a flashback, where in their first or second mission with Marvin Clem, he gets killed by clone troopers. Well, we're gonna see Clem. Bam. We, we see him we already, him, right? and then we know that yeah. he gets hanged by the Empire. Is that the Empire? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I believe it was. Uh, I don't remember hearing about that, but yeah, he, well, he said it. Luthen was talking. It was like, yeah, it's like your father who was you know hanged for whatever. Oh, okay. And he's like, I'm you're going to do fight. that? You're going to go off and do that? I don't think they'll show that. I don't think they'll <laughs> yeah, show they that. Show it. But I think there's going to be a flashback to stuff leading up to that. Yeah. And then the stuff and after it. Yeah. And so, they, yeah and so, if they sh exactly. If they show that, he gets caught by the Republic now turned Empire, and then he's executed for it. Yeah. And then he starts going on that path, then that's fine. But I'm saying for right now. Yeah, no, I get well, you five episodes that hasn't been answered yeah i'm like i said like i'm really excited for the next episode though like we're gonna get this yeah we're gonna get this massive thing in the sky like the meteor shower type thing we're gonna get the whole heist going on i'm assuming it's gonna be the longest of the episodes we've had so far Maybe. probably like 
48 Ooh. minutes, 47 minutes. We'll, we'll see. I'm trying to play it down in my head by Did seeing you... Mega Flare pixels from Advent yes. Children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like, yeah, shit. They really yeah. wanted to see this and then have it be something awesome. It's like, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah, right. Like, we'll see. It'll, it'll be curious to, to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, because, you know, my thing as well is just keeping the quality control up because it's a slippery slope between, oh, who cares about uh him him not being in the fight since he was six to then oh i'm playing mass effect three. Oh, what do you mean they forgot that three of the characters were romance partners yeah. so jacob cheats on you regardless of anything that you not that i ever romance jacob but it's just things like that right it's like oh yeah no let it slide let it slide it's star wars who cares it's like yeah and then you just watch the quality go rise of skywalker i mean yeah like i can i can see where you're coming from in in the grand scheme of star wars though like the six-year-old fight thing that's not gonna destroy canon but there are things that have really made the biggest dent in canon that we've we've faced before and i i get why you yeah. have that that hang up i get you it. just like if you don't keep them accountable they'll they just, just go do whatever they stuff. want yeah. and yeah sorry that's how we got the sequel trilogy yeah because i gotta get my digs in whenever i can <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah i think that does it for this episode any other last points all right. Um, excited for episode six. Yeah, episode six is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's head into the outro. Welcome to the outro of the podcast. If you've hung through this episode, this is, I think, the longest episode we've had so far for andor or pretty close I so. um mm -hmm. but yeah that means we've loved it and uh let us know what you think by uh the ways that no one's gonna tell you yeah uh you know like dan said we definitely want to hear from you uh otherwise this is just a three-man echo chamber uh but uh yeah if you have any of your own thoughts on this episode or the next episode or any of the episodes good bad doesn't matter if they line up with what we think or not uh we'd love to hear from you as always, one of the easiest is our website, which is voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got our new merch store, which isn't really contact, but it is still there, which is shop.voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got an email, which is connect at voiceoftheforce.com. Social media-wise, we're on Twitter and Instagram. The handle for both of those is at voiceforcepod. Retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets, as always, does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. And you can listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility. And you can subscribe for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you, Noma. And remember, if you have a big heist coming up, build those characters so we can tear it apart. <laughs> I'm sure nothing bad will happen to Nemen. Nah, that's everything's gonna be fine. They're gonna fly away. <laughs> They're gonna have the right loaded amount of weight on that ship. It's all good. Nothing's gonna. This isn't cartoons anymore. Yeah. <laughs>